Orem's armies marched upon the world. People from all over, different planets, different realms, joined the fight to stop the corrupted from taking the forgotten realms. Gods, demons, celestials, all joined forces, hoping to stop the spread of the Far Realms. But it was too much, it was too strong. And now our heroes, our brave five heroes are barely holding the line. Join us at BaldaTheSevenDice.com so that this tale will not be forgotten. So we will know how to hold back the creatures of the Far Realms before it's too late. The year is 2225, and the end of the universe is nigh. Welcome to the Junket Podcast. The Junket Podcast is an actual play and really gay TTRPG adventure currently running the Maelstrom campaign, a science fiction take on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition featuring spaceships, space aliens, and a whole bunch of space gays. Follow a found family of misfits and miscreants on a cosmic caper that features science and magic, love, loss, and a whole lot of laughter. Who knows, maybe they'll even save the universe or something along the way. Did that tickle your fancy? If it did, new episodes launch every other Thursday at 5pm GMT on all major and minor podcasting platforms. See you soon in the Maelstrom Galaxy. Hey, it's Dennis, editor and GM of Control Group. Let's give it up for our ads. And let's throw in one of our own. And I know what you must be thinking. Dennis, I'm already listening to the episode. Aren't I doing enough? And truly you are. But if you wanted to go the extra step, why not follow us on Twitter? At CTRL Group Pod. There we post a lot of information, character portraits, and little promos to the episode so you can get a cute little sneak peek to get you excited before you listen. You can also go ahead and jump on to the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord server. There we have our own little special place where you can come and talk to us about episodes and episode ideas and systems. Do you have a system you want us to test? Go over to our Patreon. We have a special $5 dev tier where... Once you pledge to that, we'll go ahead to take a look at your system, give you a nice little preview, and then somewhere down the line, we're going to go ahead and give your system a try. And if you don't have a system to test, you can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar. There, you can go ahead and get access to special tests that we put behind a paywall, because they're probably too stupid to go on the main feed. Also, it's tried and true, but smash that like and subscribe button below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, give us five stars or however many you think is appropriate. Anyway, if you have the spoons to do this, go ahead. We really appreciate the support. We want to thank you nevertheless just for listening to our podcast. Enjoy the episode. Previously on It Came from Lake Mary. Both Nate and I have seen, like, really disturbing visions about this blood moon, and I think that something bad is going to happen in about a month.
you know, it would be a great spot to see the moon, the observatory. <gasps> Without thinking, still staring at the broadcast, Miss Vanessa utters, don't go to the observatory. What's up there? <laughs> I just want to know so bad. You watch Miss Vanessa twitch as if she was kicked psychically, and then she kind of groans in pain for a little bit. Oh, what the fuck? Look, if you didn't want to, like, sponsor or whatever, you should have just told us. Is that it? No, no. Oh. Please, please, I love... And she gets down to eye level with you guys, kind of getting into a squatting position. Boys, I, I have had so much fun with you guys. You three are really special. You know, she kind of graces uh, Nate's arm. Mr. Bones, where's Miss Vanessa? You look around, you don't see Mr. Bones until... Where's Mr. Bones? You finally realize, you hear a, Boys, come quick! You run back to the sound of the voice and you see Mr. Bones hunkered over a passed out Vanessa. No! And as, as you look upon her, you hear laughter um, from the darkness and the darkness kind of creeps away. Oh my god, this night is never gonna fucking end! <laughs> it doesn't, Nate. The night doesn't end. Vanessa doesn't wake up that night, the next night. You take her all back to Edigma Inc. to figure out what's going on. None of your spells seem to work. And for an undisclosed amount of time, she is completely incapacitated. Oh my god. How long? <laughs> Enigma Inc. stands over a comatose Vanessa Helsing. She has been unconscious for days, days that turn into weeks. No matter what magic Jack and Vicky try, you're unable to wake her up. There's a montage of you all taking turns, watching over Vanessa after school to give Mr. Bones a break from his vigilant watch of her. We see Vicky studying tome after tome. We see Jack practicing the efforts of every single one of his magical endeavors. We see Nate just kind of working out, doing some push-ups around the body. We see, you know, Hunter bringing Paul around, just making her out with Paul the entire time for his watch. And eventually... A month passes by, and you guys know every new month brings a new full moon, so you're back on a case. But this isn't about your case this time. You guys go on some fruitful endeavor, you know, you speak with the survivors of the Monte Vista incident, one of them being Dr. Annie Seagate. Kind of get some fun backstory on that, you know, how she felt so bad about everything that happened to Melissa. She went to the hotel that night to try and blackmail Natalie into confessing, but then succumbed to Melissa's dread. And you guys get some closure on that. Nice. We go to Miss Vanessa, laying down on the couch, Mr. Bones watching over her as he comes over, strokes the hair out of her face with his bony little fingers. <laughs> Alright, fuck you. No, it's just... <laughs> I just... I just imagine bone fingers going through your hair. I don't know. I think that's creepy. Continue, anyways. 
<laughs> yeah, who the fuck would want to play Oliver Bones, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> As he comes down and the hand is hanging off the couch, he grabs it and he goes, Where are you, Van? As we match cut to two hands being held in a lime green VW van nice. that is ripping ass down Route 66. Uh, we see in big giant fucking Marvel white font 1971 across the entire screen. <laughs> Stan, Stan, Lee's, Stan Lee is driving by and he goes, Make love, not war. <laughs> That's our one Stanley cameo. Yep. Every, every, everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we see in the front seat of the VW van, Vanessa. Miss Vanessa. As we would generally come to know her later, somewhere in her late 20s of monsterhood. As she is holding hands with a Caucasian male with a slick black hair and a pencil-thin mustache. We see a man we've known as Mr. Bones, but as you'll all come to know as Oliver Bones. Nice. Had Hadley, if you'd describe Oliver for me, his playbook. Yeah, um, so Oliver has the playbook of The Chosen. I picked, I picked, so he's got one hot, because he is hot. Definitely <laughs> hot. Uh, he's got minus one cold. I don't think he's a very cold person. Too volatile. This guy cannot be fucked with. Uh, and minus one dark. I don't think he has a lot of. Well, actually, in that case, the dark dark doesn't get a lot of magic. But he's very. Uh, I picked mercy for one of his chosen moves. Um, well, actually, no. We get to, originally I was picking mercy, but I think that move really sums up who he is as a person. Though I feel like he tries to get out with as little casualties as possible. Yeah, Oliver has experienced a lot. As you would know, being Oliver Hasley, you've been alive since the 20s, stuck in a perpetual state of 20-something, being the Chosen. You haven't aged past, like, 25. And you've been alive through the 20s. You kind of watched uh, a lot of your friends get much, much older. Is that World War II? The Depression? He went through both world wars. He did not fight in either of them, but he watched from the sidelines. Yeah, and you also, <laughs> you're dodging Nam currently, I believe. <laughs> Oliver Bones would As be, is everyone else yeah, on this fan. Oliver yeah. Bones would be draft dodging. I'm here for it. <laughs> and eventually you kind of wandered from wherever you started. Where did, Where's Oliver hail from, Hadley? I almost said Kansas, but I didn't want this to be super, supernatural. Um, we're, <laughs> we're born in the 20s. He, I bet, okay, he moved from Utah more recently, but he's definitely from the 20s, so that means he's probably from... I'm just going to put him in Philadelphia, because I feel like that's where everybody in the 20s lives. Mr. Bone screams Philly to me. <laughs> no, he does. Honestly, <laughs> he, he really I almost does. said New York. That's kind of what I was shooting I for. Almost, I almost <laughs> said New York, but I was like, that's that's not it, though. There's something there's something not right about it. It's something grosser. <laughs> something grosser. So you moved to Flagstaff, fell in love with Miss Vanessa, and you guys have been hunting together ever since, growing this little hunting party together. As we move a row back of seats, we see an African-American man with a nice tattered-up jean vest covering his ripped body. This is Darnell Simmons. uh, Darnell Simmons the first. Oh, what the fuck? uh, (laughs) Daryl's grandfather. Oh, shit! (laughs) 
<laughs> I was hoping someone would play Darnell, but I'm excited. <laughs> as he goes, this is fucking wild. As uh, he looks a seat behind him and he goes, come here, Kareem. As a little bulldog pops over the seat and hops into his lap. Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> As we move a seat over, we see Donna. Would you like to explain Donna to me? Yes. Uh, for Donna, or Belladonna, as she prefers to no longer be called, the playbook I'm using for her is The Fae. She just kind of walked right out of the Undar one day and decided she liked it here. Did she walk out of the Undar, Sarah? No, she was probably thrown out. <laughs> no. No, I was talking about the thing you were fucking talking about before the episode, Sarah. <laughs> oh, yeah, she roller skated out of the Undar one day. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait a second. What? what the I, oh, I thought that she found the roller skates post-leaving the Undar. <laughs> no, that's an Undar creation. We couldn't roller have done that on our own. <laughs> she... She roller skated out of the Undar one day. Uh, She is still wearing her roller skates, even though she is sitting in the van. She knows no other footwear. Nice. She's got some. Very She's got some uh, embellished bell bottoms, kind of a flowy peasant blouse. She has long blonde hair that looks like it's almost tinged with green, and she has a daisy behind her right ear, and she is just singing along to whatever is on the radio. It's it's fortunate, son. By Clarence Creeps She she's trying very hard to to match the vocal quality of the song, but her voice is far too high, high and airy to do that. To the point where she basically ends up screaming, "Do the peeking my audio." As we move another seat selection back in the VW bus, we come upon Henry. Henry is a kind of a brittle smaller man in a suit, and he's got, like, hair that is always, it's like, hair that's, like, coming down over his eyes, and he's always trying to drip it over, almost like comb over, but he's, he's not really losing his hair, it's just, like, always kind of wet and creepy, like he's almost sweating but he's not really, he's just got this somewhat of a crazed look in his eye, but he doesn't really look at you in your eye, so you don't always notice. He's always looking down at the ground, almost as if there's a cloud hanging above him in the car. Bruce Banner? (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. Is there any other pertinent information about Henry that you'd like to discuss? No. Not not right now? No. (laughs) All right. As we move a seat over, and we see Leslie. Alright, so Leslie is just so pale, just like albino pale. Um, got long, like real long, uh, dirty blonde hair. It's like almost becoming dreadlocks just because it just doesn't, it hasn't maintained it whatsoever. <laughs> just long ass hair. He's wearing a uh, white and red uh, striped t-shirt uh, that's like cuffed up on the on the sleeves. Uh, and then a pair of, like, army camo <laughs> pants uh, that are, like, ripped up, like, purposefully and, like, stitched with other fabric, other, like, jean fabric. It looks so look cool. He's got his own fashion thing going on. Leslie is is quite clearly a vampire, um, but we don't talk about it. Um, at the moment, he's also, because we're driving in a car, He's uh, he's got, like, an umbrella... <laughs> Uh, over his head. In the car? Yeah, it's popped open. 
He can't. He's like, you know, he's getting shade. Can't be in the sun. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have to worry about that, Leslie, as we watch this VW bus careening, swerving in and out of what seems to be stalled traffic, as it is the dead of night. It is the 11th hour. Oh, okay, cool. As you all take a look out of the window to see a blood red moon. Oh, guys, look at the moon. It's pretty. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Leslie. Oliver, I don't think I deserve that. <laughs> I have only seen another moon like this one night in my life. The night I vowed to never speak about again. You're always so mysterious, Henry. Jesus Christ, we I get have it. Broken We've lived a long time. Vow. We've all lived a long time. Henry, don't be like such a downer. Sing along to the radio. Have fun. Ever since I moved to America. <laughs> oh, here he goes again with this. Here he so goes kind again. To me. They asked me to explain where I came from. Please turn up the fucking radio. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, you feel Miss Vanessa's hand tightening and tightening around yours. As she's, she's focusing on traffic, but every once and again, she'll look over to you to give you the look of, like, please give me the strength to handle these people. <laughs> what? This is a great crew. Wait, what do you mean? Did you look at the moon? It's, like, so pretty. As you hear a voice boom from the trunkish area. There's the three rows of the, the bus, but there is some space on the back as there's one other party member back there. He uh, plops over the seat to all of you. He's a bit younger, around 13, 14. I'm around the age of our Enigma Inc. people right now, you know, that 14 to 16 range. As we see a small, pale ginger person. Yes. All right, the lot of you. No! This is a real <laughs> fucking serious business, all right? God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> yes, I we know it's serious business, on, all right? Just calm down. Don't get your panties in a brunch. <laughs> Just... It's it's panties in a bunch. I know the phrase. I've been along I've been around a lot longer than you have. <laughs> Don't correct me. It's okay to like Stop and take a look at all the pretty things that you can't see in the Undar. Okay, but Donna, this is a very serious job. <laughs> you all take a look outside of the van to see the pretty sights. And you see why all the cars at a, are at a standstill. Every person that's outside right now, and you can even assume inside, is staring at the blood red moon unmoving. As it seems the entire town of Flagstaff has stopped to look at this as the moon approaches its zenith. It seems like we have a serious problem, guys. Yeah, no shit. Uh, well, I think I think the most important thing right now is not to panic, alright? <laughs> Let's just chill out, like Leslie said. Nobody's going to die. <laughs> We're just going to get through it like we always do. I beg to differ. It is an omen. It is the specter of death <laughs> awaiting us. I have a bad feeling about this. That was my insert. I've got a bad feeling about this. Oliver, Oliver what are you what are you referring to? Oh shit! <laughs> it's oh, 1971. Shit. Oh shit! Uh, what everybody doesn't know is that Mr. Bones has the the hot exclusive of George Lucas's creation that's going to come out within the next couple of years. <laughs> Oliver Bones is huge friends with George Lucas. <laughs> that's, that's correct. 
I didn't even think about that. That's so fucking funny. Oh my god. I, Oliver Bone said it first. I, I, George, George Lucas got That's it. where George Lucas Gosh. got it from. As another voice pops out from the trunk, it's George Lucas. He's like, mm, I, I really enjoy that. Um, and then he ducks and rolls out of the van. Who the fuck was that? It was another omen. Bye. As you all are all still ripping down Route 66, you eventually wind up your rockier path towards your destination as you're all making your way to the Flagstaff Observatory. Holy shit! Holy shit! We're finally gonna make it there, boys! Oh, fuck yeah! We're finally going, everybody! This is it, everybody! The van blasts through what is just a little wooden bar where the electronic gate is in the future. It's just a little wooden bar gate. Fucking steady old, right steady it. old. Breaks it. <laughs> As you guys all park in the, the wooded parking lot and stare at the Flagstaff Observatory. As you see, it is a little meager in scale comparison to the future, but it's all you know in 1971. As you look at this giant telescope reaching out uh, through the depths of the sky towards space, looking further and beyond, you all hop out of the van and begin gearing up. Leslie turns into a bat before he hops out of the van. That's how he gets out of the car. <laughs> bat! And then he turns into a bat and then turns back into a human. You just say I bat. Like. To turn into a bat. <laughs> yes, I do. I say bat. Bat. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie turns into a bat and just kind of beats against the window because he was the one who was supposed to open the door first. So someone now has to reach around his batty self to open it for him. I've uh, Donna will. Donna will do to. that, and she will. Donna will open the door and give the bat a little pat on the head. God damn it! Then he turns it back to Leslie. Thank you, Jesus. I have to do everything around here. Human form? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what's the game plan, Vanessa? What are we doing? We've... Luckily we have intel from Oliver here. As she continues squeezing her hand, Oliver. Oliver has experienced the Blood Red Moon once before. And it seems that the ether between the Earth and the Undar is the weakest on this eclipse that happens every 50 years, which to eagle-eared listeners doesn't make sense, because in the future we know that the eclipse happens every 100 years. So the last one should have been 1921, instead of the one currently 50 years, that 1971. Gotcha. Uh, We know it happens every 50 years. We know that something or someone has been sending monsters through the plane. We can only assume the reason why trying to weaken our forces, I don't know what for sure. But I know with the film being so thin, anything could make it through a portal. And we've used our team magic, as she kind of gestures to the magical lot of you, to determine the strongest portal in all of Flagstaff. As she kind of looks over her shoulder, and you all look over her shoulder as well, at the observatory. So it's all gonna go down right here, then? Sounds like it. I trust all of you, implicitly. We have been hunting for an indiscriminate amount of time together. But I see all of you as family, and I wouldn't take you on this dangerous endeavor if I didn't believe in you. 
I think uh, you guys are the people I've spent the most time with <laughs> in my life. Kind of sad to say, actually. But if I ever had a family, it'd probably be you lot. <laughs> Even you, Henry. And he slaps Henry on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I have a family. I am of the great oh. lineage of the Frankenstein. It's not storming. There's lightning in the background as he says Frankenstein. And yet, I left my old life (laughs) (laughs) to arrive in America. (laughs) And all of you have welcomed me. Have welcomed me (laughs) with open arms. (laughs) Aww, I love all you guys too. And Dot is going to try and get everybody into a group hug. (laughs) Miss Vanessa and Darnell will begrudgingly do it. Uh, Arn does not participate. <laughs> All right, come here, Jonah, come here. <laughs> Even as my comrades and I took this quick moment of solace in each other, I could not help but sink back to that one fateful night in my laboratory. Are you monologuing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I was setting out to accomplish my life's great mission, to create life. It's really not the time, mate. <laughs> as I pulled Please. down the rusty chains... To bring the corpse to its new birth. Lightning struck. I rolled a hypnotize. I was man no longer. Forty years later. I want to roll the hypnotize. I awoke. You can do whatever the fuck right now, Nick. In death. And not in life. In real life if you have to, the markets to get them to stop. Give me that dance. Give me that, you bitch. As Darnell breaks away from the group hug. He goes, I don't care what you're doing right now, Henry. I'm just trying to get back to my little boy as he reaches in the back of the van and he pulls out a a sawed-off shotgun and cocks it. (laughs) I'm going to do whatever I need to to get back to Darnell Jr. (gasps) Darnell Jr. No, Oh, no. You will need that weapon for what we are to face tonight. Could could Leslie have, like, a cool dagger? Yeah. All right, sick. He's gonna he's gonna have two of them. He's gonna dual wield. <laughs> Sick. Fuck yeah. This is your time for ridiculous request. Take whatever you need <laughs> out of the back of the van. <laughs> Mr Mr. Bones just has just has a uh, a a gun with silver bullets that don't need to be reloaded. It's like a mystical gun. Oh fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, Hadley, you have the arcane gun of Dante. Oh fuck yeah, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Oh pulled from the Tower of Virgil itself, from one of the pits of hell. Fuck yeah, dude. That sounds awesome. Okay, I think I have an idea. Uh, Donna, you see that Donna has a whip of thorns and vines that she just yeah. hooks to a loop on her pants? Hell yeah. Yeah, fucking uh, Leslie's daggers are made from the blood of all the people he's killed. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. You suck that blood, you're able to transmute it into metal. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, so if you get stabbed with it, it's poisonous as fuck. <laughs> oh, can can Donna also have, like, little bags of, like, not quite, like, fairy dust, per, fairy dust per se. She calls it fairy dust, but they're essentially glitter bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. She has little, like, glittery smoke bombs that she calls fairy dust. <laughs> Leslie, Leslie spins his daggers, puts them in his in, like, waist, like, really cool, like, like they're six shooters or something. It says, sometimes you gotta... We, Sometimes you gotta go. That's his catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone quickly claps at that. That's that's the best catchphrase I've ever heard. (laughs) As Arn goes, usually I use magic, but... And then he pulls out the 
last spear that killed Jesus on the cross. Oh what? what? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what the no! This is amazing. No. Wait, why do you have that? <laughs> oh, the, the spear of Judas, huh? Just found it in my endeavors. We just found it. Oh gosh. Oh no. You're really mysterious, Aaron. I gotta tell you. Real mysterious. Yeah, your pussy's ready to fucking rock. <laughs> hey! <laughs> As he cocks the spear of Judas somehow. Wait, what? <laughs> this is all hit. This is all it canon? makes the shotgun noise. <laughs> Dude, it, oh. of course it's canon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, um, everyone who has a Monster Hearts playbook. From all the big hug, you get have your sex move. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. have your sex move. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Who wants to promise me something? <laughs> Darnell puts a hand on your shoulder, Donna, and he goes, "I promise you that you're gonna get back to my little boy, Darnell Junior." Help me if my name isn't Darnell Senior. And that one day, there is a third Darnell that is pertinent to the plot. Hell yeah. But, why? Do you, are you asking me to babysit your kid? <laughs> He's promised no, to babysit No, I'm babysit just like asking kid. you to come. <laughs> I, I have to deny someone sexually. <laughs> Who wants to hit on Leslie right now and get rejected? <laughs> That's not, that's the best fucking phrase ever. Who wants to hit on me and get rejected? I don't know if it makes sense. Miss Vanessa and Oliver come over to Leslie. Yeah. Miss Vanessa's like, uh, we kind of like your vibe. We saw you from across the bar. Listen, um, I love you guys, but um, I'm really not looking for, for anything like that right now. Um, I really want to focus on the mission. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, flattered, really. Um, yeah, but after after you've had sex literally ten thousand times, it just gets a little repetitive. If that's what you guys yeah, were asking, fine. I don't yeah. want to assume. No, that's just whatever. As Miss <laughs> Vanessa and Oliver turn around, I get a string on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> you begin heading into the observatory. You move through the dark and eerie halls as they echo with sounds that don't truly make sense for a place that's empty. You hear tripping, far-off groaning. Eventually, you head into the observatory room itself, this large auditorium, as it seems to also work as a classroom. You stand at the top of the steps and then the segmented stairs downwards that are filled with tables for students. There's a large space in the middle to which the telescope leans down to and then you see a older gentleman by the telescope as he seems to have just finished moving it to a very exact coordinate as he looks up to all of you in a shock and then he quickly pulls out a blade oh shit and then he puts the blade to his own throat oh my god and he says Please forgive me, for I know not what I do. And he slits his own throat. Oh my god. Oh no! Oh, just gonna be honest, wasn't expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel he's pain. (laughs) Oh, Henry. Oh, maybe. It sucks. (laughs) (laughs) As his blood begins pooling on the floor, you watch as almost 
visible light is pouring out of the viewing lens of the telescope itself, as if it's concentrating the blood moon's energy. As the light intermingles with the blood, you watch it swirl, as if there's a whirlpool beneath the blood itself. As it picks up speed, the whirlpool gets larger and larger, as you watch this portal in between the Undar and Earth open up. The wind whips through the entire hall, makes it a little hard to stand for all of you, as you feel this arcane energy rushing through the portal. Um, I'm gonna find a stable spot, like on a wall or something like that, where I can like hold on to it. You hold on to the wall, and as you uh, lose your hand grip a little bit, your, your right hand frees up, and then you feel Miss Vanessa grab onto you for safety. Okay, okay, so uh, we, did, we didn't fall in. No. Okay, cool. It's, it's, it's impossible to fall in, as you feel. It's not a whirlpool sucking in. Okay, so it just... It's a whirlpool moving outwards somehow. It's aesthetically a whirlpool. Yeah. We've got to find somewhere to close that portal. Any, any ideas? <laughs> I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to, um, to stare into the abyss. Literally, into the abyss. Stare into the void. What is it called? Yes. Yeah. Stare into the abyss. Okay. Yeah. Roll plus dark. Literally stare into this abyss that we are looking at. (laughs) Uh, Got a seven. Fuck. With a seven, the abyss shows you mysterious visions. Oliver, you you see everything that's about to happen in the next few minutes. And for your brain, it doesn't make any sense, obviously. So as you go about your actions, you try to follow it because you think this vision is so ludicrous it can't be true. So if you do the same things, different outcomes are going to happen. Okay. As something is calling you to the portal itself. So I pull the Doctor Strange, I look into the future, and I see... There's only one possibility when we get out of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it like a strong calling? Yes. Oh, shit. I guess I'm going to start walking towards it. You start walking towards it and you feel a pull on your arm. Oliver, what are you doing? It's calling to me. Oliver, what the fuck? Don't! Oliver, that's not the right way to go, mate. <laughs> it, it's... Is it? Is there like a specific thing that the void is telling me? or He's coming. Oh, shit. Okay. Guys, we need to get the hell out of here, I think. Either get the hell out of here, or close this now. Alright, I'll cast a spell. I'll, I want to use my move, the power flows through you, to give some of my... I guess give a string to my dark power, to uh, gain a plus two to my roll. Okay. So I'll add a plus two to... You just usually when we do like a magic spell, and I'll try to use it to like close the portal. Does Henry have okay. like lightning powers? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um, so I think when I'm casting magic, there's like um, my, my eyes and mouth like, shoot open, and uh, there's, like, a bunch of disgusting spirits that, like, fly out, and they're, like, floating all around me, like, green and white. Oh, that's sick. That are all um, kind of encompassed inside of my body, I guess. It's absolutely insane, and I love it. As I'm doing, as I, like, point my hands at the portal to try and shut it completely, as I'm channeling all of this that I probably should not be channeling. What do I, what, what, uh, is it dark? Yeah. Okay. Nine. With a nine, these spirits move towards the portal, and it looks dope as fuck. Uh, but this portal is of stronger magic than you, Henry. 
it rebukes your spirits and they kind of essentially just move about the room like a, a bullet ricocheting as they have nowhere to go. This is far beyond my power. Alright, well, then maybe we should just wait for whatever comes through and we'll hold our ground. Oliver, are you moving closer to the portal? Yeah, I think I am. Donna's gonna stop him with her whip. She's just gonna try and, like, lash it out and see if she can, like, get it around his neck to make him stop. Alright, roll plus volatile. Oh, we can't stop fighting each other! What's going on? <laughs> we cannot change the fate of the dead man walking. Ten! With a ten, your thorny whip rips around Oliver's throat. Oh, <laughs> As it tears into it as he's still propelled towards the vortex. Oh my god. Oliver, you have to stop! <laughs> I turn around and I'm literally like blood coming out of my neck. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oliver, you have to stop! V asked you to stop! Can't you see she's upset? I'm gonna I'm gonna do something badass here. I'm gonna take my I'm gonna take my unlimited bullets gun. I'm gonna mm-hmm. shoot the I'm gonna shoot the, the fucking whip off. Off, like cut, cut the piece <laughs> off. That's like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, cool. you you cut the bit that's restraining you. As you move towards the f- portal, you feel a rumbling as something is exiting the portal. You see a giant hand, easily two three times your size. Wow! Exit the portal. It is purple, almost scaling. The flesh looks rotted as abscesses and boils uh, rest upon the skin itself as eventually it plants itself on the left side of the auditorium. Oh my god, scary master hand. Encompassing the entire room. Uh, It digs its fingers in as it looks to be pulling itself out. You then feel another rumble as the right hand pushes itself out and does the same on the right side of the room, almost veeing in between all of you, so that there's like a direct line of sight into the portal itself as this monster's head rips through. It's almost like a starfish that's been folded in its center. It's got like seven little legs around its head, essentially, little flippers. And as it screams open, you see this giant fetid maw of just not uniformly placed teeth. There's just teeth as almost a maze around its mouth orifice. As it screams, letting out uh, detritus and spittle at all of you. Uh, I'm going to draw my gun. Yeah, you want to say something cool, Oliver? (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to say What's up, ugly fucker? (laughs) (laughs) As Oliver begins unloading into it with his infinite bullets, uh, it just eats Oliver. Just fucking swallows him right up. It goes, it goes, Mmm, yummy bullets. (laughs) Mmm, tasty. (laughs) And then it screams again, and bones fly out of its mouth. I am sorry to all of you. Oh my god! The reckoning has begun. We will all soon be judged. <laughs> I imagine you was Rick Toffin from the fucking zombie series. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha, what are you doing in there? Vanessa, how's, I'm so how's sorry. Vanessa, how's Vanessa? I'm so sorry, 
Vanessa, we could try to stop him. She's like fallen to her knees. She's got both her crossbows akimbo, just screaming at everything. You watch as the Demogorgon struggles. It falters a little bit. Its grip on the hall loosens as it seems to be pulled back into the vortex. It's struggling. It's having a hard time staying on this plane. And as it's being sucked back in, you see at the last second, uh, someone is able to crawl out of the mouth of the Demigorgon and just kind of like fall in the center of the room uh, very cleanly, almost like they're floating. As the Demigorgon gets pulled back in and the vortex diminishes a little bit. It's still there, still whirling, but not the size it had to be for the Demigorgon to pull through. We're not out of this yet! Stay in it! Stay in the toes! Who the fuck are you?! <laughs> As the gentleman, very tall and slender, kind of stands up and adjusts his three-piece suit that he's wearing. He's this Asian gentleman, looks a lot like actor Stephen Young. <gasps> cool. Actor Stephen Young's father? <laughs> Canonically? It seems like this plane is not strong enough to... How's us yet? That's unfortunate. As he looks up at all of you hunters, as Miss Vanessa, through her tears, having written the monster manual as it is known to this day, details what's in front of you. This is what we all fear from the Undar. They are us who just wish for a better life. There are the monsters that make it hard for us to live in the Undar, and there are those who control those monsters. Demons. This is one of the worst ones of them all. A bargaining demon. Ah, oh, very nice, very nice. I see my reputation precedes me. I go by a lot of names. Here I hear tell the devil, Beelzebub, Lucifer. Ooh, I like that one. Call me Lucy. We're not gonna call you shit, mate. You're gonna go back in that fucking portal. <laughs> or we're gonna stab you in the throat. We're not here to make deals. Lucy looks at you, Leslie, and it happens so fast it does not make as much sense as it kind of looks like his own shadow stands upright, but that's not really what it is. It's almost like the fibers of the back of his suit uh, kind of dislodge and detach, but that's not really what it is either as you watch an innumerable amount of tentacles rip out. From Lucy's back. Oh my god. But that's Le- not really what it is. Right? <laughs> Leslie's gonna that is whisper. Is. <laughs> Bat! <laughs> <laughs> you turn into a bat as the tendrils dip back into Lucy's shadow. And then they reemerge out of every shadow bit of this room. Any dark bit of this room, tentacles rip out. And attach themselves to you, Leslie. Uh, I'm flapping, I'm flapping away. <laughs> you try to flap away as one grabs you and holds you in place, as a million others do, and begin shredding you apart bit by bit. Human form! <laughs> Donna is Donna is going to dart over to Vanessa, and I'm going to use my guide move. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend my string on her, and it, wait, is she willing? No. Ah! <laughs> V, we gotta go somewhere safe. We need to plan. You're really good at plans. We need to think. We need to plan. Just come you watch her. She is thinking, 
but nothing's coming to her. This is the worst out of all worst case scenarios. V, please, you gotta come with me. What? Where? We're gonna go back to the Undar? Where he's just gonna follow us? I can take us somewhere safe for a little bit. Just for enough time to get our bearings, figure out what to do. And then what? Come back? Yes, when we have a plan, when we know what we're doing. Take me. I'm gonna use my guide move and take her to the fairy realm. You head to the Undar. In this liminal sense, you guys are floating through, and for the first time we see the Undar. Oh shit. It is just like our world, but a negative photo image of it. You are in what would be the observatory in the Undar, but it has been carved through. You see... Right next to you is the Demogorgon. Okay! <laughs> As you feel its boiled hand grip onto you, Donna. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> At least I got to use the move I was the most excited to see. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. And then he pops you kind of like a zit in his hands. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, gosh. Does, her, does the daisy in her hair just, like, fall to the floor at Vanessa's feet? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Miss Vanessa grabs it and is whipped back to Earth, since your spell is broken with your death. Oh my god. Dennis, what the fuck? (laughs) I don't know what all of your problems are. I came here to make a deal. That's it. There's there's like pieces pieces of Leslie. Pieces of Leslie in this human form gets transformed into out of a bat. He's just like in half crawling (laughs) on the floor. Run. Run! You gotta run! I'll, um, slowly move up to him as there's, like, tentacles flowing in all directions around me and Kill spirits me. flying <laughs> off of me. <laughs> as, me. As I, like, reach down to, <laughs> to, um, uh, Leslie, but, and then pass, and then I move up to Lucy and say, Thus is your bargain. Oh, I don't, I don't make the deals, um, I'm in the powerful position, as he kind of gestures to everything going on at the current moment. I love deals. As he looks at you, it's <laughs> he's had this kind of very blank expression the entire time this is going on, but he looks at you with almost excitement. You want to know what I love most about deals? It's the sacrifice. It's a compromise. You give up something, I give up something, we work to better terms. In the Undar, um, me and my associates may have nearly destroyed our moon, our feeding source, as Darken. But I hear, over here, you guys got hella moon. Now, it seems that there isn't enough magical energy to house beings as strong as myself, as, as Demi, who tried to get through here earlier. So maybe we can strike a deal in that regard. How can we get more magical energy into Earth so I and my buddies can come over here and feed off your moon? Who is alive? <laughs> Just you. Just me? And, and Vanessa. And Vanessa. Uh... And Darnell. And Darnell. And as Darnell. he cocks his shotgun and goes like, what the fuck are you doing, Henry? Oh my You trying God. to make a deal with the devil? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Darnell. This is clear. This is the only way. Um, <laughs> how do I get more magic into the world? I don't know how to do that. Um, step aside. As you feel a young Arn oh, brush yeah. past you, Henry. Oh, oh shit. This little bitch. 
This is ridiculous. Why is he giving out our tea? Do what you must do, demon child. <laughs> I will. Because none of you have the wherewithal to do it. They're fucking dead. <laughs> As you say, they're dead to Arn. He looks at you with almost a sadistic smile. Ah! And then he looks back at Lucy. I'll, I'll give you all the magical power you need. And even these twits. I'll give you every single one of my friends. This whole earth. If you just make sure I'm the most powerful mage there's ever been. Bastard. Lucy Lucy smiles and he says deal he snaps his finger and piece by piece Henry you fall apart as if some invisible string were holding you together you watch as a finger falls off another finger your whole knee comes apart and you drop down onto your your belly as you feel that unso beneath you. I think he looks at his hand, and it's like his fingers are falling off in front of him, and he says, Finally. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I love it. As Darnell jumps on one of the tables, uh, heading over, You little fucking Irish prick! As he yeah. cocks his shotgun. <laughs> yeah. But then Get it disappears Darnell. in his hands. No! No, Darnell Sr. And then he goes, I'm gonna do it with my fucking hands as he runs over to Arn. He begins sinking into the ground itself as if it's quicksand. No. And he goes, I don't fucking care, I'm gonna get back to Donnell Jr. No. And that's his last words as no. he fades no. into the ground itself. Fucked. Fucked. He got fucking Thanos snapped, but just, <laughs> but just like, grosser? <laughs> Melted in devil juice. We watch as two arrows whiz by, hitting Arn in both of his hands, in the palm of his hands, as Miss Vanessa begins unloading. Eventually, Lucy is able to stop the arrows, very Matrix-esque style, as they all float into the air. She's crying, giving it everything she has, but it's not enough, as Lucy and Arn allow her to get closer and closer. As she has no more bullets left. <laughs> as she just kind of stands before Lucy. As she looks to Arn, spits at him. Hits him in the face. You watch Lucy smile. Alright, you, you have until the next one of these. As Lucy gestures to the blood red moon. You make sure you get as much magical energy as you can on this side. I'll come through, we'll rule this together. Lucy puts a hand on Arn, and you watch this mystical glow comes around him. He looks at Miss Vanessa with malice as arcane energy alights from his hands. He smiles at her, and she just whispers out a fuck you. And there's a flash of light, and we see a pile of ash where Miss Vanessa once stood. As we watch the vortex begin beckoning Lucy back into it. Fifty years, Arn. That's what you get. Oh my god. Arn nods. Lucy snaps again, and we watch this ripple effect move throughout all of Flagstaff as the portal closes, the moon moves past its zenith, and just kind of turns back into a regular white moon. And it seems like everyone out on the streets who was drawn to it doesn't remember a fucking thing. No! Except Arn. Jesus Christ. I, 
honestly, I I knew that we shouldn't like that guy from the beginning. <laughs> this and, is like, bad, though. This is way, way I worse. Know. <laughs> I oh, was not expecting the stakes to be this high. <laughs> Wait, are we hunting Arn? We got it at this point. But we don't know this yet. <laughs> As the scene, the dream, ends back in 2021, Vanessa wakes up. It's a month and a half later. No one's around currently as you watch her draft a letter really fast and then run out of Simmons' realty office. And as she runs out of this office, we see the sky alight with this reddish hue as the zenith of the blood red moon is approaching once again. And that's where we'll end the session for today. Jesus Christ, Dennis. Fuck. <laughs> and there's a post-credits. But what if we don't even have time to mourn for all the people who died today? We're not going to have a moment of silence. Alright, moment of silence for the, the characters we created just to be killed for this episode. That's long enough. There's a room that's seemingly made out of nothing but white as we continue a scene from the end of season one. Oh, what the fuck? As Nate. No! <laughs> your mother finishes her sentence. I'll explain everything you want. Oh my god! As you move with her through the chosen space. There's not a lot in here. <laughs> no. There's not a lot to it. You and I are chosen. Okay. This means we are arbiters of fate. Slow down. <laughs> sure. We are arbiters of fate. Arbiters of fate. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I got you. We come from the Undar, and our job is to set things in the correct direction. Wait, 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 we're from the Undar? We're not humans? Yeah, we all are. Oh, God, okay, that, that, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, like I said, we're brought over from the Undar to make sure everything goes according to plan. As you take a step through the white space, you're suddenly out of it, like you've shifted rooms without knowing, and you're in the observatory. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. I, is this, is this where I think it is? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yes, yes it is. As she goes and collects all of Mr. Bones's bones. I've always wanted to be here. Wait, what? You, what's that? What? You, what? What are you it's doing? Percival Lowell exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> and she scoops up Vanessa's ashes. What are you? What is that? What are you doing? Our job, Nate. As you take another, she takes a step towards you, which forces you a step backwards, uh -huh. and you're now in the. <laughs> broken down house that was Miss Vanessa's home. Oh, whoa. As she kind of plants the ash for Miss Vanessa to be reborn as, you know, all of these hundreds, maybe even thousands of bugs have overtaken this rotted, fetid house. God, Nate, like, closes his eyes. He's like, I thought you said to slow <laughs> down. Like, what? what is happening right now? Mama, I don't understand. We, we don't have a lot of time. Nate, but the thing about being a Chosen is that it's not, it's a duty, it's a job. It takes a lot out of you. 
I don't want a job. I just, I just want to be a kid. You were never a kid, Nate. I was never your mom. This was never a man, as she points to the pile of bones in her arms. Okay. But our existence isn't fully cruel. What? As you take another step, you're in the basement of Mount Eldon Middle School, the former lair of Enigma Inc., as she places the bones on a little rack down in this basement some years before you all ever encountered it. After we've served our purpose, we get to come back and live our lives. It's not the one we did when we were chosen, but our chosen life really wasn't anything. But do we get to remember? Unfortunately. And she looks over at Mr. Bones, who has vague memories of the night of the 1971 Blood Red Moon, but not really. He remembers he loves Miss Vanessa. He remembers he was in a hunting party with Arn. In fact, I'm sure you'll forget this entire conversation when it's done. But then what's the point? It just things are as they're supposed to be? But what's the point of living it? The point is afterwards. After you've done your job, you were free to live your life. For the first time, really. Well, how do I know when the job's done? She waves her hand, and almost like a flat-screen TV, you get visions in front of you. You watch Mr. Bones get eaten by the Demogorgon. Uh You watch yourself drown at the bottom of Lake Mary. Uh And then she wipes away the little vision board, and you see your mother standing on the train tracks that cut through Flagstaff, Arizona. What was that? You watch her get hit by a train. Ah! Why'd you show me that? And she appears next to you again. She goes, shh, watch. And you watch the rippling effects of everything that train collision caused. It causes Hunter Sr. to be late to a very important dinner with his wife, causing the separation of Robocop's parents. But these actions lead to Robocop becoming your friend in the future. The separation causes Nora to work later at work that night. They get better money. Jack moves to a home that's closer to an active Undar portal, thus giving him his magic powers later in life. I don't think I want to see these things. I don't need to know. I I don't want to control them. I don't want to do that. You've already done all you've needed to. You've set the plan in motion. You've served your purpose. All I've done is meddle with people's lives. It truly seems like nothing, but we're dominoes in a much larger Rube Goldberg machine that is life, Nate. I don't understand what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to show you this so you could understand what your previous life was. But that doesn't matter anymore. You can live your fresh new life. Just like I got to. Well, do I get to see you again? You already have. As your mother, as you know her, disappears from your view. Good talk, and I And you kind of look down on a vision. You see someone that's been present in your life the entire time you were chosen on Earth, Nate. You rewatch the scene of your mother putting the bones in the basement of Mount Eldon Middle School. As she walks back up the stairs 
and looks at the newly formed Enigma Inc. And there's been some issues since you guys got in trouble with the, the vice principal. But she wants to give you all a space now that you're an LLC. <gasps> and she comes and kneels down to you. And we replay a line I said offhandedly in the very first episode. Oh, okay. Where she comes down and touches your arm. And you thought it was this weird kind of move. But it was a mother reaching out to her child. Oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? Ah! <laughs> she drops the key that leads to your lair. And the right direction starts again. Zagreus, <laughs> my mom is so tired. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. I don't understand any of this. Oh, God. You come out of this vision, Nate, and you feel yourself drifting. And drifting. Until eventually you come to a shoreline, and you see a little battered, a little bruised, Vicky, Nate, and Robocop. You guys, I think I died. Hadley? <laughs> you know you've been dead for the past 20 minutes, wait, right? Wait, what? Wait, how did yes. I die? <laughs> the Demogorgon ate you! Oh shit, I didn't know. I thought, okay, I understand that. Never mind. I understand that. Dead? So I, I thought. Okay, Jesus never mind. Christ. I'm going back and I'm, I'm, I'm stepping backwards now. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.